Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ, 102.1 FM, your local community radio station. Thanks very much for Quentin for the last couple of hours of Friday Neon. And as ever on the Paradigm Shift, we will be bringing you alternative ways of seeing what's going on, the story that you're not hearing elsewhere. My name is Andy and I will be with you for the next hour talking today about the fact that there is a refugee detention center in the middle of Brisbane, one that, though not much mention of has been made of it officially, it's sort of unofficially become a, a lot more notorious recently, but in Kangaroo Point there is a motel that has been booked out by the Australian government to lock up uh, asylum seekers who have been brought to Australia under the Medivac laws, uh, evacuated from Manus Island for medical emergencies and they have been detained there in Kangaroo Point for varying lengths between 8 and 18 months. It's come to attention recently. There's been a few things in the news. There's been an ongoing protest by some of them in the detention centre there coming out on the balcony each day. There was concerns about their safety with the COVID virus. Um and concerns about the fact that we are continuing to lock up people who've committed no crime. Most of these people have been locked up now for well over half a decade, um, including Farhad, who I spoke to earlier today, who has been detained for seven years. He arrived in Australia at Christmas Island in 2013, just after the July 19 cutoff when Kevin Rudd announced that no boat arrivals would ever be settling in Australia as a last-ditch attempt to win an election against Tony Abbott. Um, and the result of that announcement has been seven years of misery for a lot of people who committed no crime, including Farhad, and an ongoing misery for people locked up there in Kangaroo Point. There has been uh, solidarity protests recently since uh, those guys locked up there started coming out on their balconies and doing daily protests every afternoon. There's been regular Friday afternoon solidarity protests outside using creative ways of getting around the current uh, banning of public events. And so we'll also hear later on from one of the organisers of those protests. And, of course, that'll be happening again this afternoon. You can get involved. Um, so that's what's coming up on the Paradigm Shift today. Uh, maybe we'll start off... Let's hear from Farhad. 
could you start by introducing yourself? Uh, my name is Farhad. I'm originally uh, from Iran, uh, a civil engineer, and currently located in uh, Kangaroo Point Hotel in Brisbane. Mm. So it's been a long journey from Iran to Brisbane. Can you tell us a bit about how you ended up as an asylum seeker here in Australia? Yes. Uh, actually, I came to uh, Australia shores in 2013, and uh, almost seven years ago. And uh, when we arrived at uh, Christmas Island, we were told by officials, which was immigration, that whoever uh, came to Australia after a policy, so-called 19 July policy, they will never be resettled in Australia. So something around uh, something around 4,500 of us arrived uh, after that policy. So they divided us randomly to uh, three groups. One group was sent to Manus Island, something around 1,500. Another one, almost same number, to Nauru, which is another uh, Pacific uh, country. And 1,400 were kept back in uh, Christmas Island. Despite of being told that whoever comes after this policy, uh, those who stayed back in, uh, those who kept back in uh, Christmas Island, they, they were released after 18 months into a uh, community in Australia, different cities. But for us, uh, it's completely a different story. We were exiled, we were banished on these two islands, and we went, we went through a lot in those islands. So finally, last year, as a result of uh, Medivac bill, some of us were uh, brought here to Australia, some here in uh, Brisbane, some in Melbourne, so we all came because of the Medivac bill. And since then, which was uh, for me personally, was uh, July last year. So exactly six years after the 2013 July policy, I ended up in Australia. And then after that, I've been, I mean, since then I've been kept in either uh, WITA, which is Brisbane Immigration Transit Accommodation, or as, uh, in APOD, which is some some kind of alternative accommodation uh, here in Brisbane. Yes, that's my mm. short story. So it was only because you needed medical attention that you were ever brought to Australia? Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, and before that, you were on Manus Island? Yes, on Manus Island. So that was a, a long time, six years on Manus Island. Yes, I ended up uh, in Manus Island. On, uh, actually, I was transferred there forcefully by, uh, at the end of August 2013 and then left PNG uh, on last year, July. So almost six years. Mm. And... I mean, it was a very uh, 
spare place of accommodation, the detention centre at Manus Island. There were issues over the years with uh, violence from the locals and uh, a lot of mental health issues with people that were stuck there at Manus Island. How did you find that time? Well, to be honest, that was that was a very challenging time. Now, when I think about, you know, when I drag myself to past six years, sometimes I'm just uh, amazed. How how did I survive that super tough situation on Manus Island? Yes, we experienced a lot. And, you know, I was actually, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, only a few days ago who is in, in the U.S. now. And I, I told him about our daily protest here in Kangaroo Point, which we, we hold every day around 4.30. And he, he told me he's been there for like a year, and he said, whatever comes to my mind when I talk about Australia is detention center and holding peaceful protests. That was his memory, and that tells me something. Yes, past six years was very challenging uh, situation for us. I lost, we lost uh, some of our friends. Either they were killed on Manus Island by locals or cars, or uh, they were uh, abandoned, those who had, you know, uh, medical issues. One guy, at least, he was just abandoned there and no one cared about him and he passed away as a result of a simple infection in 2015. A guy, uh, actually these two that I'm talking, they were my friends. He was killed, uh, the first one was killed in 2014 when locals and security guards attacked our compound and bashed us really badly. And then the, the other one was died actually as a result of medical uh, neg- negligence. And then finally, uh, we lost a lot, 12, I guess, 12 or 13 on both islands. And the last person who unfortunately committed suicide last year here in Brisbane, a, a medical doctor who, who used to be my roommate in uh, Manus Island. We shared a room together for almost two years. Very sweet guy, very uh, polite, passionate person. He had a lot of dreams for his future. But he ended up having mental issues and last year, unfortunately, uh, he committed suicide and uh, put an end on, on his misery life. Mm. Yeah, um, sorry, that's a bit, uh, you know, sad, and I don't want to make your uh, listeners uh, sad about my uh, my journey. No, it is sad. It's been a, a terrible seven years that Australia should be ashamed of, and everybody like you who has made it through and is still going uh, has done an amazing job, and um, I've... I admire your strength that you've done that. Thank you so much.
came to us lost and fearing for his life we locked him up and he died there do we share some responsibility who killed Reza Barati was it the blinding rage of the riots that stopped his heartbeat brought an end to his journey there's no hope in this place for a refugee we're all a part of this tragedy That is Fear Like Us there with Who Killed Reza Barati. Of course, Reza Barati was uh, one of the people mentioned by Farhad who did die while on Manus Island. Uh, he's hit in the head by a rock during uh, a, a riot there done by some of the locals um, back in, I think, about 2015. 2014, um, part of the very sad uh, chapter of Australia's history that is our offshore detention regime. And we are speaking with Farhad, who spent 
uh, six years on Manus Island and is currently locked up in Kangaroo Point in a motel um, that is, uh, what, they, what do they call it? Place of alternative, alternative place of detention, um, APOD, the, is the government lingo for these people who have been brought to Australia for medical emergencies and are being locked up in improvised detention centres, including one in the middle of Brisbane there. Let's go back to hearing from Farhad. So back to Kangaroo Point now. It's a, a motel there in, in on the busy main street in Kangaroo Point. Um, how many of you are there? Yes, uh, just let me uh, briefly tell you where I am. I'm actually, I was brought from offshore detention centers. And when I was brought here, I thought, that's the end of story. That's the end of uh, the end of this version of my love, which was a sad version. But unfortunately, uh, Australia created another offshore detention in onshore. So I'm talking to you in the heart of city Brisbane, but I have never been in Brisbane. So this. This motel become like a permanent detention if I if I don't call it prison. It, it become becomes a permanent detention for around hundreds refugees who are who are suffering every single day. Some of these people have been brought here as a result of having depression because because of the unjust and unfair detention back in Manus or Nauru. And now they, they found themselves in a situation even worse than Manus or in PNG. At least in PNG, we had a bit, a bit of freedom. But here in Australia, now in Brisbane, we have to lock off, up ourselves in our rooms for 23 hours. And we, we just go out, get our daily meal and come back to our rooms and have it. That's it. That's all we do. Just imagine. I'm, I'm asking you people, I know that Australia is going through this crazy time, and I'm sorry for you, all of you, that uh, you're ex- experiencing this tough time. I'm, I do, I'm, I'm really sorry. But now at least you can understand what we have been through for seven years. Uh, isolation, you know, uh, uh, detention. This is what this this has been my life for seven years, mm. and now you have been through this for maybe a couple of months, and I know it's tough, and I don't blame on you. But please just uh, bear in mind, just just take your time for a couple of minutes and think about what we have been through for seven years. Yeah, that's right. I I think the same. I have a friend who's in detention, and I call him up. And everybody else who you call up, you talk about how crazy it is being inside all the time, but I just feel stupid when I talk to him <laughs> to talk about that because that's been his life for years. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know you know what, uh, Andy, just let me tell you something. I've been in, in, in Australia somehow, under Australia care for seven years, and I haven't tasted freedom for seven years. And this is exactly, it's, it's, it's against what I, I thought about Australia. 
I found Australia as a, a free country which gives everyone a fair chance. But I was never given a chance like that. I and my fellow brothers here, we would be able to do much better if we are given a chance. Mm. Out there, we can do much better. What's the point of keeping people in detention and, and spending billions of money on this industry? It's a big industry, uh, detention in Australia. I know. And you think it goes to me as a, as a detainee here? No, that's not correct. It's an industry that, that a big money comes in and this money will be uh, distributed to you know, different parts, different parties. Mm. No, no freedom for seven years. Yeah. And so there are about 120 of you there at Kangaroo Point, is that right? Uh, I think we are something above 100. I'm not sure about the exact figure. And have most people like you been there for since last year? Yes, uh, exactly. I think uh, we have people who have been here for like 17, 18 months. And we have people who have been here for eight months. So it's between 18 to eight months. You know, it's something around that. And so everybody who's there was transferred to Australia for medical reasons. Has there been uh, effective medical treatment for those issues? Well, I, I, I think just a minority of us receive medical uh, care. Many of us, they are still waiting for uh, their appointment to come up because when we come in, then we have to go through uh, a queue, which like like you guys outside. If you need to book an appointment, you have to go through all these, you know, uh, legal uh, procedures. There were some concerns there about a guard at Kangaroo Point who tested positive for COVID nineteen, the coronavirus, yes. and a lot of the people detained there were concerned about the risks to your health and spoke out publicly about that. Was that addressed? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's good to just uh, give you a short uh, uh, introduction about this situation. We are, as I said, around 100, 100 refugees here, and we have something around daily 100 uh, staff who comes in and out every day in two shifts like security guards, like uh, clinical uh, staff, like cleaners, like uh, welfare officers, ABF officers. So they are daily in two shifts, each shift something around 40 to 50. So we are dealing with people who have access outside. And this is an emergency situation. I don't understand, to be honest, I don't understand uh, how come while we have... uh, rules and regulations regarding to COVID-19, why they are, they, this kind of rule doesn't apply on, on detention centers. We have social distancing. And I've seen police uh, charging people for not, uh, um, not obeying the law uh, in this particular matter. 
And now, just just next to us, a, a couple of, uh, a week ago, actually, uh, those lovely people who support us, they were fined for not uh, exercising uh, social distancing, and just you know, in a distance less than maybe ten meters, we were all all combined together. So how come the rules is different when we talk about 10 meters distance? So people outside got fine because they didn't obey the law by uh, 1.5 meter social distancing. And we are here combined with 200 people in a small place. So that's, what does that mean? Mm, I don't understand it to be honest. I don't know, maybe, maybe we are subhuman. Maybe. Mm, well, you're not, but you certainly have been treated like that. Well, what's 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 what matter at the end of the day? Whatever you you could call me, whatever you you want, but which one is the more important? Calling someone something or 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 treating something like something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can call me the king of the. Uh, the world, or treat me like like an animal. Mm. You can call me detainee. You can call me a uh, bold person. You can call me Q jumper. You can call me whatever you want. But that at the end of the day, I am someone who who has dignity. Mm. I'm someone's brother. I'm someone's uncle, just like you. I'm someone's colleague, a civil engineer who could do much better if I'm given a chance. I don't understand it, to be honest. No.
You're listening to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. It's 12.30. We're halfway through the show. That song there was another Farhad who is in detention currently, Farhad Bandesh, who is down in Melbourne. He, um, one of the more high-profile people, uh, refugees, still held in detention by Australia, thanks partly to songs like that. While he was on Manus Island, he would record vocals over the phone to prominent Australian musician David Bridie, who would record those vocals and then record instrumentation around them to get songs like that, which is called Flee From War, Our Rights. And Fahad Bandesh was brought to Australia as a medivac transfer and was detained in the Mantra Hotel in Preston in the north, inner north suburbs of Melbourne. I think he's been transferred from there to the Melbourne Immigration Detention Centre there at um, at Broadmeadows, partly because he's been talking to the media a lot, but a lot of those refugees after all this time very keen to get their stories out and be talking. And so it is that we on the Paradigm Shift today are speaking with another Farhad who is in Brisbane in Kangaroo Point uh, at the Central motel apartments there um, and we've been speaking with him about his journey from Iran to Australia via Christmas Island, Manus Island and now detention at Kangaroo Point um, and they've been doing daily protests at 4.30pm on the balconies there. Let's go back to listening to Farhad. You mentioned that you have been doing daily protests on the balcony there. Um, yes, every day. How, how did you start doing that? Well, we came to the point that if we stay silent, nothing's going to change for us. At least something that we can do peacefully and respectfully is to just let people who pass this uh, side of the city know what's going on here. And now we are attracting people and that we are receiving really... Uh, very positive response from people who come and, you know, walk, either they, those who know about this situation or even those who have no idea about this situation, they still, you know, they are showing their uh, passion, their love to us, and that means a lot. This uh, protest is just, uh, we are asking the government to, in, to release us in short term and then in longer term, we have been in this a crazy situation for a long time. We deserve to be treated at the end like, like a human. Uh, we, the, the longer uh, demand is just consider us as citizens of this country because we have been a lot. And that's at least something, the least that Australia can do for us. Mm-hmm. You, you also you mentioned um, people have been coming there to support you during those protests from the outside. Even when people not allowed to have gatherings, people were doing walks around the block or talking about having picnics. Has that made a difference for you guys locked up there? Well, of course. When we see that people care about us, when we see people uh, show us their passion and their love. It gives us a positive energy to just keep resisting, uh, resisting this 
cruel system. Yes, of course. We would love to see people uh, come around and show us their, their passion, their love, their support. Mm. That's great. I'm, I'm so glad that people have been able to show in some way um, that kind of support. Yeah, that's, that's really great. <coughs> um, so finally, Farhad, I guess we hope for the future that things will change for you um, and the other men locked up there in Kangaroo Point. What do you hope for for the future and um, how can people support you? Well, my hope, as I said, for the future, which hopefully will be, will be not really long, another seven years. I don't want to be in this situation for another seven years. Uh, my hope is to, to get my freedom wherever, doesn't matter. To be honest, I'm, I'm sick and tired of, of detention. I'm sick and tired of being watched all the time. Uh, security guards open my door uh, every now and then, whenever they want. I have no privacy here. Uh, they search us. Uh, you know, it's it's good to just mention something that actually this was uh, trying to pass this, uh, the uh, Senate yesterday, a law regarding to mobile phones. Imagine, imagine yourself in this situation, Andy. And uh, you, you and your phone, your phone is your best friend because you, you have contact with outside. That's that's the only thing that you have to know what's going on outside. That's the only uh, gadget that you have to, to see your family, your, your friends, your beloved ones. And now they are trying to take it away from us. And this is, this is absolutely crazy. We, we have room search whenever circle wants. They just come to our door, knock the door. We're going to search your room. Can I say no? Of course not. Who, who I am? I'm just nothing to them, of course. So they can search my room whenever they want. They, they patch us all the time. Mm. Well, and now they are trying to pass this legislation to take away from my phone because I've been in contact with media like you. Is, is it... Are we, are we in, in Australia? Is it a democratic country? Honestly, that sounds weird to me. I don't know. I don't know what you people let this government to do to you. This is against basic human rights. They are trying to make us voiceless. I am voiceless already. If I wasn't voiceless, you wouldn't keep me in this situation for, for seven years. And this is something that we so depend on to be on contact with fam with family, study, uh, just do your data research, learn something new, and now they are taking, trying to take it away. So back to your question, my hope is freedom. Uh, Imitate, actually imitate freedom, imitate release from this situation, and uh, in longer term, have a, a proper status in this land, or if not here, wherever uh, you decide about me, 
I don't mind that. At the end of the day, as I said, all is matter to me is my freedom. If it's not Australia, fair enough. Wherever you decide, send me. If you cannot send me somewhere, just let me be free here. I have supporters. We all have supporters outside who are really happy to open their doors, to open their houses for us, to accommodate us. And then you keep us here, spend billions of money for what reason, for what purpose? If you let me go out, I'll be with my friends, my those who care about me. And then especially uh, during this uh, COVID-19 time, I won't be a risk for everyone, you know. It's not all about me when I'm here. Imagine if one person, one security guard, or one, one of those who work here brings this uh, virus in. Everyone will be affected. It's easy to, uh, to contract that uh, virus while you're living in a situation like this. We are, because of the lifestyle here, we are just combined and we, we have to deal with each other. This is uh, avoidable. So it's not only about us as refugees. So it's all about, about everyone here, not only about us. If they let us out in this time, that would be for everyone's benefit. I mean, when it comes to this COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Financially, that would be really amazing that they can, they can spend the money that they are spending on us on things like you know, homeless people or, or whatever they, they decide. This is a waste of money here, billions of money. We can take care of ourselves. We have, we have all uh, skills, young people here. They can protect themselves. They can you know, have family. That's all our you know, desires. So in short term, release us, please. In longer term, uh, just give us what we deserve after seven years. Mm. Thank you. Okay, thanks for talking to us today, Farhad. Thank you so much, Andy. And you'll be up on the balcony again this afternoon if people want to go of by? Of course, definitely. Okay, thanks, Farhad. Thank you. Situations dire, caught in the crossfire, political pawns escaping wars that we conspired. You can't escape the desperate in their valid desire to escape persecution from the new world empire. Fearing people just for seeking asylum is racism, and I'm not just gonna stand by in the lion. This is championing fear, so how the fuck did your ancestors get here? It's election time, times are lurched to the right. Divide and conquer, start a primitive fight. Hear the facts and the figures, man, they know we're in sight. We start wars and feel the blowback of our might. Iraqi, Afghani, Palestinian, and Tamil escape the tyranny with any means to travel. As the media slips, the truth begins to unravel. Little children getting kicked to the ground. Australia, I was 
happy because I thought uh, I come to one country, a good country, free country. I was in the first time in the jail. It was jail. Uh, we can't see anything, just a uh, fence. Reckless and random, can't understand I mean trying to make sense, just mind expanding Profit destruction ain't under construction Destroying brain cells Head banging, slamming against brick walls Waiting for immigration to call to no man Without a suit and tie Why try just waiting to die As border patrols perpetuate a lie of unglamorous catastrophe One world being refugee but still I move freely Compared to those I see under lock and key Of man-made lines on a map dictating where you're at Whether you're under attack or whether you're black or poor Or not quite what they're looking for We have no right to call the shots We engineer the plot with where they're racist stock That is Ollie MC there featuring also Izzy Brown um, from Combat Wombat. The song is Azadi, and it's uh, probably 10 years old, that song, but the issues don't seem to change. Um, Still people seeking freedom and still uh, the Australian government refugee policies not uh, supporting them to that end. Before that, we were speaking with Farhad. He is uh, locked up inside the central motel apartments at Kangaroo Point um, with 120 other men who have been transferred to Australia for uh, medical evacuation from Manus Island. And they've been doing daily protests on the balcony there to remind Australia that they're there, still locked up, having committed no crime. And other people from the outside have been doing protests in solidarity with them to show them that Australia hasn't forgotten that they're there. Um, I've got on the line now one of the people involved in those protests. Hello, Jarrah. 
Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me on the show to talk about this. No worries. So you've been regularly on Friday afternoons. People have been uh, going out there to show solidarity with the people inside the motel at Kangaroo Point. How did this get started? Yeah, well, like you said, the refugees have been coming out onto the, the balconies of their prison themselves, holding silent protests with signs that give messages like, um, one guy left home when he was 15, he's 22 now and he's still in detention. This this basically inspired a, a bunch of us to just come out and support them and let, let them know that their messages were being heard within the community. Um, like, they, they were protesting indefinite detention in general, but it, it ignited around the issues of COVID-19 and the fact that many of these refugees, were, they were being held in small rooms, three three people, four people to a room. There, there was no precautions being taken by the so-called Australian government or the company Serco, who are the ones hired to detain them to prevent the spread of coronavirus within the facility. So basically their protests inspired us to come along and support them in any way we could on Friday afternoons. Now, it's not the easiest time at the moment to organise a protest um, because of social distancing laws and things like that. So it took a bit of creativity to to work around both our collective responsibility to not infect each other, but also the the laws. How did... Uh, what creative... Um, tactics did you use to get around that? Well, it, it started out with mainly people just individually or their households, like, riding along and going to the detention centre to support them, just, like, holding up signs outside. But then a bunch of us got together and decided that we wanted to do it, do something a little bit more about it. We wanted to make a public event and get as many people there as we could in the safest way we could. So we kind of just looked at the restrictions and thought, what can we actually do? And the obvious answer was exercise. Like, the amount of people exercising has increased massively during this pandemic. Why not reroute your exercise, come past the detention centre and show, show solidarity with the refugees there with signs or the symbol of the crossed arms that we've kind of adopted? And... Yeah, basically, that just meant that people could safely walk around without being hassled by the police or security. And, yeah, do two things at once, really. Get your afternoon of exercise and protest the the terrible conditions and situation these men are facing. Mm. Last week, uh, as the COVID restrictions eased, there was a an attempt to do a more permanent presence there by having small picnics, but that one didn't go down so well with the uh, police? No, it didn't, actually. I got fined nearly $1,400 myself, and so did other people. They received the same fine, which was for breaking the COVID restrictions, when actually we weren't. We were having two people picnics, um, yeah, the police deemed that the picnics were illegitimate and that were actually, yeah. But also the police have been given emergency powers under legislation and they just detained everybody everybody who came. So dozens and dozens of people det- were detained and this resulted in a number of smaller fines on top of those six, six large fines that were received. Mm. 
I was speaking to Farhad before, he mentioned the irony of when there's been no precautions taken to protect those inside from coronavirus, even with an infected guard. The, those laws are used to enforce something that was no risk to anybody's safety. Yeah, it was it was very ironic, actually. The the thirty or so tactical response unit police officers dressed up in all their gear, not taking any precautions against coronavirus, finding people who were following following the restrictions. Meanwhile, the security guards inside Circo, the the facility, the facility inside the detention centre. Sorry, yeah, no precautions were being taken. The police had their backs to that facility and were focusing on people who were actually following the rules to keep people safe. It was very ironic. Mm. So have you had much feedback from the people who are inside the motel there about your protests? Yeah, we, we have actually. Um, especially after, every, after the people who got fined um, after Friday last week, a few of us spoke to one of the, the men who have been detained inside to let them know we're okay because they'd expressed concern about police backlash before and just worries about us being on the wrong end of that police backlash. But we just called to let them know that we're all right and that we felt like the risks we were taking were definitely worth it. And he said that the protests have significantly changed the atmosphere inside the detention centre and the original balcony protests were going to last two weeks. They've been going on every day for a month now. So that there are people in the community who are willing to support them, and they didn't expect that in Brisbane, actually. Yeah, Farhad, who I just spoke to, said the same. And actually, off after I stopped recording and talking to me, it was very positive about how it actually gave him hope for the future to see especially young people out there um, doing those protests and supporting and so the, you can never undermest, underestimate the power of solidarity you know yeah that's right um, so Jarrah if people are interested in joining in and showing their support to people locked up in there how can they do that so every Friday afternoon at 430 we have the exercise rights protest, really. So you can just show up at 4.30 at Kangaroo Point Central Hotel and Apartments on the corner of Main Street and Wormsley Street and just start exercising around the block. People, people can... You can talk to people there as long as you're keeping your 1.5-metre distance and stuff there. But we also have a Facebook page, Refugee Solidarity Brisbane forward slash Mianjin, and like that, message the page if you want to get more involved and... Yeah, that's basically it at the moment. Come along to the protests and show solidarity with you being detained. Okay, thanks very much, Jarrah. Thanks, Andy. That was Jarrah there talking about how you can get involved um, and show support to people who have been intentionally isolated by our government, intentionally demoralised and locked up as far as possible from any any possible support. Um, people who have been seven years, many of them, on Manus Island um, and even now, having been brought here for a medical emergency, are still 
hardly being treated for that and still being uh, isolated and removed from the community support that does exist for them. And um, people are, are saying we want these people out, we'll support them, put them up. And so as we, during coronavirus, as we realise the um, the way our lives are interlinked, the possibility of our you know, our interactions with people being potentially negative if we share germs. We also, we need to recognise the shared humanity of people across the globe and the um, fact that our continuing uh, detention of these people create is as problematic a health risk for people who, all of whom are here now because they've been... De- are declared to be part of a uh, medical emergency. And so the severe health risk that has been our government's continuing detention regime, um, we need to recognise the health emergency that that is and take a similar stand as we have on the coronavirus. Um, there was also a big protest this week in uh, Melbourne where six people... Um, climbed on top of the Mantra Hotel there in Preston, which is the similar situation there, as they call an APOD, alternative place of detention, is the Department of Home Affairs um, jargon for these sort of community prisons. Um, And six people climbed up on top of the roof there and dropped a huge big banner off the side um, showing support with uh, the detainees there. And I think some people were locked up inside as well, barricaded themselves inside as a way of trying to bring attention to what's going on there and trying to uh, show that not all Australians are complicit in what has been a, a pretty horrible uh seven years by our government of course it was a a police a piece of political opportunism by kevin Rudd in the end that has caused so much misery and it's time to make it right so um get along there show your support you can today there'll be the group exercising but every day from 4 30 there are people out on the balcony there on uh main street down near sort of the gabba end of main street um and you can get along there show a bit of support it does make a difference as we've heard from farhad and we it's certainly not too late to turn around and try to make right some of the things we've done and try to treat people in a more humane way. Um, That's about it for the paradigm shift. Uh, We'll be back next week with more uh, ways of seeing the world and standing up for what's right. And I am going to go out with a track here. Let's go out with one from local rapper 2P, a child of refugees himself this is what he brought out a few years ago it's called border force facts to be next primos somebody gotta say something me with the things you mentioned in the interview Cause the leaders have potential to imprison you They're made a criminal for doctors to report to media But conditional detention centers in the room I pray to my Lord and Savior Though we act so brave Don't judge our behavior Cause we're going straight to hell No doubt about it Violence is going straight to hell No crowd to shout it Cause we turn our backs on the needy Who are calling our name Just on our backs
I'm a doctor and the son of Vietnamese Refugees fleeing their enemies Seeing their apprentices Things are different to the original agreement Done by Malcolm Fraser in the 80s and the 70s Stupid lawyers to attract a vote Doctors up and patients When they swear upon the Hippocratic Oath Even Robin Polo wearing country club Attending doctors got it to the jab So the gag order has to go Threat of prosecution hanging over them On the mainland it's obviously If we don't defend the children by reporting We're in trouble Why the different standards for the different children 1994 here we go again Locked up and definite They're incredibly confused Women and the children with them Still are too afraid to use a toilet Where they will get sexually abused Just suppress it from the news So we get to see the truth Asking should we work in a system inspired the flaws to help the most vulnerable Or does it make us unaccomplished with a government that's so corrupt and a system so culpable They send them to hell, pretending to help, send us off the people smugglers But apparently they pay without taxes, turn it both back cause that is the end in itself Delegating obligation to a poorer neighbors, giving money to corrupt politicians as a bribe Security for private contractors or a belly qualified, stop beating on the prisoners inside Treats to the job, you're threatened, the truth is uncomfortable, so you shoot the messages Stopping out the treatment of a broken arm, out there, rest of a running died, though it's under out here In the country, put our savings into trips and vessels Like the Indonesian, no party to refugee convention Cannot work and study stuck there for a decade That is why they come in, that reason you keep forgetting You don't want to sink in, but the waters Do you show an interest in the jurisdiction? Also, if they're sick of school, what about the people missing limbs? Where they're living in, pushing back to their city to get the whip again? Out of sight, out of mind, that is nonsense For toddlers, not us, honor, carving their promise Regardless, bosses, the heartless Forgot how it started, from a bad girl, where departed Rebellment, happening, sending time of refugees On the seas, home, where they're gonna be arrested Not even saving us money every year Asylum policy, cost a billion dollars we invested Turn camp Refugees against each other when the convention does not discriminate Visa overstayers outnumber boat arrivals Tell me where that argument is not given weight Said the economic immigrants are maybe Said there might be terrorists, well there may be But you wouldn't know without the process And that intent was genuine until the stolen year lately You will stop both Offer our solution to the other countries who will borrow If they choose to follow Then you're having many countries playing hot potato With their hangings like the million human cargo